The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. Can I say final edition of the season? Like final the never-ending season. Final, 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 final. Yeah. Man, it's never final, final. Because no. there'll always be one for me. Maybe um, sometime maybe for the NFL playoffs. And certainly the the championship week and the, and the NCAA tournament and the draft and triple crown and all that good stuff. But yeah, Masters. Final, final, final one for uh, what, maybe like a month or so, maybe, maybe you think. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, what do you, who you got in Kapalua? Uh, I went with Xander. I went with okay. Xander as my, uh, my top pick um, in, in that uh, is there, there really isn't a better guy to have in a limited field, no cut event than, than him. That's kind of his wheelhouse. And you look at what he's done there. He's got what, last three trips have been a win, a, a runner up in that ridiculous playoff of, um, start of 2020 before things got, things all went downhill. And then he was fifth last, last year. So yeah, Xander was my top pick. And then I went with, uh, uh Sung JM was a little, little sprinkle. He finished top five last year and uh, led the field in stroke scenes. Key to green. That was his first uh, tournament there. So you would think that he should improve. And then Lucas Herbert was my uh, ridiculous long shot. Uh, last year, I don't think anybody would have pegged uh, Harris English to win the event. So Herbert won in Bermuda mm-hmm. uh, about a month ago or so. And Australians typically play well and win. Huge greens there. He can get hot with the putter, so he was my uh, my pizza money flyer. What do you got? All right, uh, you I, got? I took Leishman in my poll. In my Leishman, poll. yeah, as, yep. as the big man would say. Um, all right, well, we're here because uh, all things go accordingly. We will be together in Indianapolis for the national oh, championship game. You have a little travel before that, picking up some uh, more work. Um, I do, yeah. Saturday, the folks will, will maybe we got an Aflac question Saturday. No, I, 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 I do not believe there is an Aflac obligation for the uh, for the National Football League Week 18 or Week 17 game between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Okay, so you're going to head to Denver first, and then I'll see yeah. you in Indy. Um, well, it's here. Uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk. I think we talked a little bit um, since the final edition of the bowl games panned out before we get into the game uh just remember go check out the sv pod this week scott and i uh get together for a little bowl game recap uh playoff preview and scott educates me on what to expect when snow comes to the dc area that uh i was not ready for and um i don't think anybody else was or cares about it uh but check uh, that out are the five p's not uh not uh followed there at all no no um you so would, you would think that they would be prepared for that, but guess not. No, they uh, go listen to the SV pod, wherever you get your podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but Bear, he's, I'll in start- good, he's in a good mood though. Is he? See, yeah. Right. 68, 50 and one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in a great mood. I saw it. And I, and I love, I love the, I love the contrary. I love the stink. Of the NFL picks this oh, week, he's got them all. I, I, got I, them all. I, I just die whenever, whenever, whenever you drop. 
I mean, it's just perfect. It's just pre- I'm, I'm rooting for them this week so hard. Oh, too. me too. Me too. Uh, just just to, just so the smartest man in the room can get left out of the playoffs mm-hmm. for not kicking a field goal prior to halftime against the Chiefs. It happens. It does. There's that's going to be a you're going to get a lot of data points on that yeah, argument. At, at the I'm end sure of the we season. will. A lot, a lot of a lot of fancy graphs with like lines and circles and like mm-hmm. blobs and all sorts of things. Um. So we're here. Uh. The the title game is set. I said coming into all the bowls, my biggest question was what was Georgia going to look like in the Orange Bowl after getting dismantled by Alabama, and boy, did they come out and impress every facet of the game. Uh, I, I can't believe how slow, small, and not physical they made Michigan look, and that's a credit <laughs> to Georgia. It really is. Yeah. Um, where, wherever you look at it, they – Got after it <laughs> defensively, offensively. Uh, Nicobe was incredible. Um, I love and, that guy. Yeah, th- there's so much to like about him. And Stetson Bennett played the best game of his career in, in the biggest spot. Now, can he do it again? We will see. I do expect Georgia to come out with that same veracity. I, I, I believe they have it in them. They haven't had a chance at a rematch in the same season against Alabama. They get that with this group. You've got to love that aspect of it if you're Georgia. And on the other side, I look at Bama. And when I watched that tape back, I watched the SEC title game yesterday, and I went back and watched the Cotton Bowl. A couple things really stood out to me that I think will be factors, and we'll get, we'll get into all that stuff. But first and foremost, the idea of not having Mechie Bear I, that's what I wanted to see. What personnel groupings were they going to go? Were they going to go more two tight end with Latu and Billingsley? You know, was Brooks going to get the nod with Mechie? And that's what we saw. They basically ran every formation that they have, and they just put Brooks in where Mechie was. And he 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 did what he had to do. Now, I don't think Alabama showed anything of what they're capable of and what they possibly will do with Mechie out now facing Georgia because they didn't have to. They had the advantage up front. They ran the ball for 301 yards, led by Robinson with 204. So I thought that was a Nick Saban game plan that said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get the win. It's not pretty. Don't worry about it. We'll be ready to go for the title game. And they took care of business. Cincinnati just didn't, I don't, they didn't take shots. Like I thought they, you know, underdog mentality, double digit dog, you'd come out and, you know, a little trickeration, but there was none of that. And Alabama handled them. Do you think that that was it? Yeah. Do you think that game plan from Cincinnati was a little bit of let's just not, we may not win, but let's just not get embarrassed and completely blown out. That way people can on us. I don't, Um, I don't think Luke would do that. But no, I, I don't. I think I go back. I watched that opening drive. Really impressive. They had a little niche in there where they got the back out of the backfield on a pressure that turns into a big play. But Alabama's ability to knock balls down at the line of scrimmage in crucial spots. You go back and watch that slant route to Pierce. Uh, I believe it was second down on the first drive. He is wide open, wide open on McKinstry. He shakes McKinstry and he's wide open. And you see Ritter jump up and down like that. Was it and and two o two o or to o to however you say it? Sorry, Henry. he gets his hands up in the pass line. Yeah, and then they come back and run the same play again with a double slant, and 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 I believe it was Pierce couldn't couldn't come up with it. So I expected more. I wanted to see more from Ritter and you know let him rip it, but 
they did what they did. I thought the, the defense played well. They held up as best they could. And Alabama made plays on critical downs, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I think, and I was talking about this with someone uh, yesterday, and I forget which radio show or podcast it was that I wound up doing that, that came up. Like, you can hate Alabama all you want, but Nick Saban and his ability to just basically assemble a game plan, the goal is to win. I don't care if it's going to be ugly. I don't care if it's going to be pretty. I don't care if we, th- I don't. And, and that's what last week's game plan appeared to be. It was, they can't stop us from running. We know they can't stop us from running. Uh, it's not going to look pretty. We're not going to take shots, but we're going to win because we have no respect for them to stop us to minus scrimmage. And they didn't. However, I do think it does open up some questions for this week in terms of the passing game. Um, we, we saw what Alabama did against Georgia. It was like 10 yards of an attempt, 10 yards of drop back, seven 20 yard completions and a, a very low off target percentage. And that was with matching in the game for a good part of it. Um, but against Cincinnati, Jameson Williams averaged like eight yards a catch. Mm-hmm. They had two 20 yard completions. Uh, Bryce was off target almost 20% of the time. And it was like less than six yards per dropback. So again, was it a combination of everything of, of a, that was the game plan B Cincinnati being good defensively uh, C just being able to run the ball at will or D Mechie not being there and basically Slade Bolden in, 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 in Jacobs and not, not really being able to uh, not, not Jacobs uh, Brooks. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking it is Josh Jacobs <laughs> running, running the ball. So, so, so forgive me, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that I think uh, your opinion of what caused that, uh, I think goes a long way, but, but I, I think if you, you mentioned a couple of those slants and tight ends being open. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's got better pair of tight ends in the country than Georgia? So I think that might be something that they potentially could exploit this week. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And that gets us to the game. We We differ. I like Bama. You like Georgia. I will let you take the floor and go first. No, I mean, I mean, it's what? I mean, the last four times they played under under Kirby, I mean, it's been four games. Georgia has led in all of them. Three times they've led by double digits, and they and they just couldn't hold the lead. Uh, it, it's from the point in, in those four games, from the point Georgia took its biggest lead in the game, it's 105-17 Alabama. So, and, and it's funny, I was actually sitting there standing there on the sideline in Atlanta when it got to 10 nothing, I was like, hmm, uh-oh. And then uh, and then Williams made the big play and, and things kind of started getting sideways because because I think there was a lot of, oh no, here we it was definitely amongst the fans a whole lot of here we go again type of type of deal just the the lack of belief. But I look I, I think what happened in Atlanta in the long run and, and we'll see what happens Monday night and after the game if Georgia does win, how open and honest they will be uh, about the game. But I I think what happened in Atlanta 
wound up being the best, a good thing for Georgia long-term because you brought up how you were curious how they were going to respond Mm -hmm. and react and show up in Miami. And they left little doubt about the motivation, the energy level, the excitement. I like, and and, and you're right. They looked so fast on on that, on that field on, on, uh, whatever it was last Friday, I guess the game was now. I've, mm-hmm. I've lost track of my I'm with days, you. days and times between crisscrossing across the uh, the country a couple of times. And, and that was, that didn't look like the same team we saw in Atlanta. They, they looked like, I don't want to say hesitant or slow or anybody, but it was like, it just didn't look like the team we saw mm-hmm. throughout the, uh, the, the course of the year. So I, I think that loss wound up re-energizing, refocusing, uh, reinvigorating that team. And guys like Dean, uh, a lot of the leadership within took accountability. And uh, obviously it was a great couple of weeks of prep for that game. Um, I think what you'll probably wind up seeing from them on, on Monday night is an offense that will play to their strengths and, and play to a little bit more of the complementary aspect of their game that we've seen, I mean, they're built on defense and, and, and that's how Kirby wants to play. And, 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 and I know we had a little conversation on daily wager about this. Like, I think they've got playmakers. I mean, I think when they put that package of, uh, of um, Bowers, Washington and, and Pickens on the field at the same time, and they, and they motion cook and, and, and McMacintosh around, like they, they've got guys who can, who can make plays and beat you. And that was one of the things I was surprised with in Atlanta because, I mean, if you look at Alabama this year, the things that have given the Tide problems, especially defensively, have been offenses that have had a lot of pre-snap movement and motion and trying to create confusion. And they didn't do a whole lot of that in Atlanta. And I don't want to say like they were holding something back in case they did lose and had to play Alabama again in the playoff. But but it, it certainly looked like it, it was – a pretty vanilla-ish offensive game plan, so I think they're going to play a little bit more complementary. Use the use the uh, the short passing game to those guys as kind of a replacement for the running game because I think they'll be able to run a little bit, but I don't think they'll be able to run a ton. I don't think Alabama's going to be able to run a ton either. I think that's what's going to come into play. Like Robinson's not going to have. 200 and whatever yards again. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Uh, is Alabama's offensive line going to play a perfect game Monday night like it did in Atlanta? I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, I thought Georgia was the best team in the country all year. Um, uh, I, I think going in, and I think the line is basically telling you um, kind of how to bet the game. And I know people probably laugh at that and roll their eyebrows, but you're not going to put the game at two and a half because then you're going to get all Georgia money to, to embed it under, under, under a field goal. You're not going to put the game at three and a half because then everybody's going to rush to bet Alabama. And in a big game like this and like the Super Bowl, everybody plays underdog on the money line anyway. So then you're going to have underdog money line liability and you're going to have a, an underdog liability with, with, with the key number of three. So like three is kind of the perfect number. And I kind of think that that's where it's going to settle. So uh, I'm I'm going to lay the three with, with Georgia. I mean, if I had to play the total, uh, I would play under just because I think you're, you're going to see a lot of short passes and clock uh, runoff um, in, in that sense. And if you go back, I think it's since 2018, uh, Georgia has played 18 ranked opponents or 18 top 10 mm-hmm. opponents, and 14 of them have gone under the total. So uh, that, that's the type of game Kirby's comfortable with, and I think he'll probably do everything he can to keep that being a 41 
27 type of game like a, like the game in Atlanta was. So uh, that, that, that's what I think. So um, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. And I, I know you have uh, your legitimate cases and your reasons for, uh, for being on the other side here. Yeah, you mentioned a bunch of things that I agree with a ton. I'm sorry. I, I, I kind of, I guess, kind of. No, you got to let it. This is all we got. You got one side. I got the other. Let's bend it out and get it all out. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the run game. I will be very, very, very surprised if we see a hundred yard rusher in this game. I'm not sure both teams will rush for a hundred yards apiece. I think that familiarity with those guys up front, and I know Alabama doesn't have. Uh, the, the 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 NFL talent, or I should say top 10 talent on the defensive line, interior I'm talking about. I know they have Will Anderson. And I think they still have the familiarity of the run game and what Georgia wants to do in the run game and vice versa the other way around. I think Georgia will be ready for the run game, especially after seeing a couple wrinkles that Alabama ran um, against Cincinnati to get Robinson free. So that's why I lean towards the over because I think it's going to be a pass happy game. I think there's good. Both teams are going to like the matchups they create uh, offensively, and I think both quarterbacks are very capable. Uh, we have a Heisman Trophy winner, and we have probably the would Bennett be who would be second team all? Oh, probably Corral. Did he get second team all SEC quarterback? I would, I would imagine. I would assume so. Yeah. I would, think he would have had to have. So you have capable quarterbacks and you have playmakers there. And my issue with Georgia is just like Alabama has an ultimate wild card of Billingsley, who could be a matchup problem, but they just, you can't trust them with what you see on tape, whether it's blocking or, or doing the right thing uh, and running the right route. And then on the other side, it's Pickens. And when I go back and watch Pickens best ball is when JT Daniels was the quarterback and there was a trust that JT had where it was 50, 50 balls. He threw it to him. Now, JT didn't have Brock Bowers last year, and that's where you see Stetson Bennett go to time in and time again. And he really got cooking late in that game when it was kind of out of hand. Uh, he threw the bad pick when when Bowers stopped running. Uh, that that really, I think, cemented the game, get Alabama getting that turnover in the red zone. But I like Alabama's ability on offense better. I think with Jamison Williams, they – Georgia guys have seen what he could do. They felt it. They saw him run by him. They know that's in the back of their mind. They did a great job of stacking receivers against Georgia in that first matchup. And when you go back and watch the SEC title game in the second quarter, Alabama feasted in what they called 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. And that, that, that made Latu not be on the field a lot. And they got matchups with Jamison. And when, when you see, you know, you'll see Robinson motion out of the backfield. He'll go all the way outside the numbers. Jordan Davis on the D-line will be raising his hand, telling his linebackers it's an empty formation. And what they do there is they create a one-on-one -on -one matchup with the number two guy and the trips. And they did it the second play of the game with Mechie and Bryce Young just overthrew him. And then they came back to it on that loss. Uh, I think it was the second touchdown drive when he caught the ball at the, like the 50 right in front of George's bench. They could put Williams there now. But what I also think they're going to do is the safety is going to come over and help that number two guy. And that creates so much room in the middle of the field for a guy like Slade Bolden. And he's a guy that's got twitch. He could get open no matter who he's guarding. And I think that's where Alabama will try and go. So I expect him to get the ball in space. He's not a, he's not a blazer, but he could break a tackle and create some big chunk plays. And when you go back to look at, I mean, 
Um, Georgia does have the more talent at tight ends, but I like Latu a lot for Alabama. You watch them motion around. I, I when you go back and watch Alabama in the first matchup, they just formation Georgia to see what they were getting the first couple of drives, and they were so patient. And you mentioned you're on the sidelines; it's ten nothing. You're like, what's going on here? All right, let's go to a stack formation. Let's run James Williams across the middle, <laughs> 10-7, and we're good, and we're rolling, and everybody in a Georgia colors really got worried, and you saw what happened from there. So I love the idea of how Bill O'Brien got rid of the RPO a lot of times and just let Bryce catch and throw. That's what you need to do when I have a dominant front like Georgia has, catch and throw, catch and throw, quick game stuff, and, and keep Georgia on your heels. I thought Georgia – you know, went to a lot of pressures and didn't get there. I don't see them doing that a lot. I think they're going to try and rush with four to help on the back end a lot. So they're going to, Bryce Young's going to have to deal with that. But I still, I just, we could look at every matchup there, every single one, offensive line versus defensive line, secondary versus receivers, running backs, linebackers. To me, I know they're not facing off against each other when they're they're not going to be on the field at the same time, but I get Bryce Young against Stetson Bennett for a consistency of a game. I'll take the Heisman Trophy winner. And when you look at the head coaches, I know it's beating a drum, but there, there's a significant advantage there. Will, I do expect Kirby to to have, um, I should say not to have, to let Munkin do a lot more. I think they got to keep their foot on the gas here offensively, knowing that they're going to have to score with Alabama to win this game. And I'm excited to see it. I'm fired up for Georgia. The opportunity's right there. Like I said, they haven't had a chance to get a get back game with the same group of guys. So I expect both teams to play really well. I just call it recency bias, call it whatever. I'm, I'm going to go down with, with, with saving as I don't love the pick at all. I just, when I have to, I know I have to pick the game for what we do and I'm going to take Alabama with Saban, with Bryce Young, and I get Will Anderson on the other side. So, um, like I said, I don't love it. I don't love it like I loved Alabama against Cincinnati, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, I, you talked about, about Bennett, and, and I think we, and we had mentioned this, I think, the week after the, uh, the SEC championship game. Like, Alabama won that game because they had the best quarterback. Yep. Um, Stetson Bennett was not the reason Georgia no. lost the game, but at the same time, once Georgia fell behind two touchdowns, he was probably the reason they weren't going to be able to come back. And so all of those can be true. That's not a, like a dig on him. He played great the other night. Awesome. Like there has been an Alabama deal with him where his QBR and his touchdown and interception ratio have been, I think his QBR against Alabama in the two games is 43 and against everybody else in his career, it's 85. So, I mean, there's there's clearly something there against Alabama, whether it's been circumstances, whether it's been a bad throw. It's happened. Um, it's why I was looking for um, for some props, and I apologize. I'm apologizing for the books for not having uh, thorough props up yet. But um, I was looking in the couple of things that are up. Is that there are some, like, alternative spreads out there. And I, I, can, I, I see, like, uh, at DraftKings, like Georgia minus seven is plus one sixty, and like at FanDuel, Georgia minus ten and a half is like plus plus two ten. So if, if you're looking for an alternative spread, like that, that's and you like Georgia, um, that might be the way to go. You, I, I went back and looked, and, and and if you look at the semis and the and the championship game, 
There have been 11 college football playoff games with the spread of less than seven. Six of them have been decided by at least 17 points. So like, there might be a little bit of value there um, in looking at an alternative spread. Because uh, sometimes these games that are clo- uh, projected to be close aren't necessarily the classics that we think we're going to get. And you, you, you were talking about like Georgia and this rematch as well. And I started just like wrestling through my brain. Like, does it feel a little bit to you like the year <clears throat> Alabama and LSU played that nine, six game and then LSU went to Tuscaloosa one and you knew well and you knew Alabama was the better team. Mm-hmm. And then they met against and met again in New Orleans and they could have played eight quarters. Mm-hmm. And LSU wasn't going to score. And, and you kind of knew what was going to happen that night. And then when when Clemson lost to Notre Dame in South Bend without Trevor and mm-hmm. all that, that ridiculousness of that game, and Notre Dame pulled the upset, and you're like, okay, if they play again, I am going to be all over Clemson this game. Then they wanted to play in, in the ACC championship game, and it wasn't much of a game. Like, you, you knew what was going to happen. Does it feel a little bit like that to you in terms of a rematch? I think it's in the middle. Uh, when I go back and I think about that game of the century, nine, six LSU, which is still an all time event that I ever attended because of the unknown in that stadium and seeing LSU just keep, keep doing things defensively, yeah. ultimately getting a field goal in overtime. Yes. Well, I, I, I was on Bama that night in the, in the Superdome in the rematch. I thought they were better top to bottom and LSU was just not capable at the quarterback position. There was just <laughs> no. not going to happen. And when you look at the Notre Dame Clemson last year, I just took Notre Dame in the, in the rematch because I knew everybody was on Clemson. And it was just a weird dynamic seeing how well DJ played in South Bend, but knowing you were getting Trevor back and then seeing him do things with his legs in that rematch mm-hmm. that really, you know, being made the difference. And, you know, you combine that with Notre Dame not playing well and in Clemson. Yeah, they were, they were right side. So I think this one's in the middle because Georgia's definitely more than capable. And the offenses are very capable on both sides. You know, back in that LSU uh, Alabama one, there, it was all defense. And this one is just, it's different. And now, I mean, Bear, the, the biggest thing that stuck out, and not to these two teams, because they did a great job of it, was how bad the tackling was in bowl games. And that's also, you got to give credit to the offensive guys of how elusive they are. And there's there's guys like that. I mean, we I haven't talked about Cook or White, the Georgia running backs. And Cook could be the guy, to me, that Munkin goes to in the pass game. You saw what he did in Michigan and breaking the long one. He's, he's real shifty. And a lot of this comes down to as long as George is in like third and five compared to third and nine. That's where I think they get into trouble because they are obviously more predictable. You're going to be. And that's that's the key to Georgia. I think Georgia first down, what do they do? That's going to decide uh, what they do and how they perform offensively in the game. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some more uh, props and stuff. And I did. Uh, by, the way, by the way, come if you're looking for that kind of stuff. Uh, come check us out at the uh, the convention center down in Indianapolis on a Sunday from one to one forty five or two or so. We're going to be uh, we're going to be there at the fan fest, uh, taking questions and doing a little trivia and Q and A, and there'll be prizes and a whole bunch of people will be there. It should be a, a fun afternoon. So come come by swing by Sunday. Uh, escape from the cold and the rain on uh, on Sunday. Come indoors and uh, and hang out for a little while. 
Did you know? Well, I hope we have a TV that'll have Colts Jags on because that's all anybody in that city is going to care about Sunday. You're, you're no right. one. Do you know the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville? Oh, it, it's been a while. Aren't they like one in like 11, seven like, years? Yeah, because it's twenty fourteen like against the spread or something like that in the last twelve games. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to be a lot on on uh, on edge too, just with the final week of my uh, my uh, super my improvised super contest that I'm in. Okay, uh, where it's weighted. Yeah, last week just games did not go my way. I got I had the Bills minus fourteen. You give up the safety. But I'm at 14 and a half rather you give up the safety. You win by 14. I had the Chiefs minus minus five and a half. They're up 14 twice. Ridiculous than a refereeing. Missed the penalty. But and, and the problem was the, the guy behind me had the Bengals for four. Guy ahead of me had the Bengals for two. I had the Chiefs for three. So that was a whammy. So like I, I've just been getting bad, bad breaks the, the last couple of weeks. So I'm right now like three points i'm in fifth top four get paid so i'm in fifth three points back so i i can envision myself being on some some very stinky sides on uh that's disgusting on sunday as i effort to uh to get back into the month uh, into the i i have i have a feeling that it might come down to uh what happens uh at, at allegiant stadium on uh on sunday night so uh maybe maybe Next to your guy, the Bull, J-Mac, I think I might be the second biggest Raiders fan in the world on a Sunday night. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Avoid the whammy. Avoid the whammy. That's what you need to do. Uh, I love yeah. Atlanta Sunday. I really do. We always feels like every year these teams that are on the back end that need some help, but they all, most importantly, they need to win. It doesn't happen. And I heard some people discussing, or I was reading last week going into the games that some of the DVA, DVOA numbers that I am not familiar with, but they had Atlanta as the worst team in the NFL. I'm sorry. That team's won seven games. I understand when you see the roster, there's not a lot of high draft picks at the skill positions, but they have a capable quarterback. They got a tight end. That's the first guy ever to go for a thousand yards since Ditka, which is absolutely incredible to me. When I think back, Mike Ditka had a thousand yards receiving in 1961. How good was he? That's unbelievable. It's bad nuts. <laughs> uh, it's funny in reading um, in reading uh, John Lucas's book uh, about Bino Cook um, that, that that's recently out. I I, I I highly suggest it. Haven't they suffered enough? Like like Bino just has talks about Ditka in there and just how much he loved him and just uh, it was clear how much of a difference maker he was and and, and a great player. You hit you hit on the. Um, like the oh they the team at New Orleans has got to win oh by, oh by the way that was a great performance they had against Carolina last exactly week. that's what I'm saying like yeah. there I mean you, we we talk about capability all the time offensively <laughs> New Orleans doesn't do it for me yeah my, uh, my, 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 that yeah my 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 buddy on Twitter a uh, really good follow um, at uh, Cleveland TA at C L E V T A uh, really I mean he's always in the mix in the super contest he put out a good tweet. This morning, and, and I'll just read it verbatim here, but give him a follow. Uh, I think I post this every year, but keep in mind that must win does not mean will cover uh, <laughs> in the last week of the season. Since 1990, teams that are out of playoff contention in the final two weeks of the season are 94, 56, and 4, 63% against the number against teams that must win 
wow. to keep their playoff hopes alive. So if you just blindly play the 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 smelly underdogs uh, who are out of the, out of the mix against teams that have to win, you're 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 you're, you're coming out ahead. So did you know uh, that that's a little uh, NFL blurb for you this week? But by the way, what what is the Giants uh, Redskins uh, uh, Washington football team? I'm sorry, I was going to say Redskins. Careful, out nearly careful, 50, big 50, week 50, down here. I know, I'm sorry. Ne- nearly, nearly fifty weeks of just rep- <laughs> fifty years of re- re- repeating uh, nicknames of team of football teams while I was growing up. So it's just embedded in my head. Well, what what is that? What's that number going to close out on Sunday? But it's amazing. Then in a league with the with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the New York Giants are the most embarrassing, awful franchise in the league. Like that's saying something. It's I believe of most losses in the last five years, it's them and then the Jets, which is just nuts to me. <laughs> and growing up in Connecticut, knowing that the Jets and Giants were going to be on the television, it usually was a pretty good trade-off growing up you know the Giants were winning Super Bowls the Jets had their years I can't imagine having to turn on the TV every week and put those two teams on no thank you but being down here we've also had a rough patch the last couple weeks of watching the Ravens and the football team so it is what it is it's why it's the NFL it's only going to get better I will say if you get a chance Watch the Colts Hard Knocks on HBO Max. It's in season. They pick it up week eight. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, The guys they have on that team, they are so easy to root for. Frank Reich doesn't get talked about enough. That guy is an absolute stud. Uh, What he brings to the table as a coach going back, and they, they show him, you know, when they went to Buffalo, he goes out to dinner with Tasker and Bruce Smith, and they just talk about all that stuff. Jonathan Taylor's stud. Um, Leonard is is my favorite guy, maybe in the league now. After watching him and what he brings to the table, he's 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 phenomenal. But if you get a chance, watch that uh, show. You'll fly through it, I promise you. So, um, yeah, Sunday, uh, I'm fired up. Do a little uh, meet and greet with the fans at the convention center, one o'clock. If you can come around and check us out there, Monday we'll be doing daily wager from the stadium, which would be great. I think the doors open to the stadium at five o'clock and. Obviously, wager starts at six, so we'll have a little atmosphere behind us, which would be awesome instead of being in our basements uh, for doing live television. <laughs> so uh, it'll be fun. I'm just trying to think anything else. Oh, by, by the way, speaking of Twitter, speaking of Twitter, Steve, I saw you. Um, I saw you retweeted something of mine from uh, from New Year's Day. Yeah, it was um, a note about a note I had about Penn State. That since oh. starting eight and zero in 2019, Penn State's. 14 and 13 overall, 11 and 13 versus power five teams and 10 and 12 versus the big 10. So you retweeted that. I noticed that I like going uh, through like a, in the, well, I, I meant to do the, verified. I meant to do the quote tweet that said, is this good? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I asked. But um, yeah. by the way, what, what Kyle Whittingham, man, come on. Mm-hmm. What a debacle at the end of the game. Bad. Not like Ryan Day calling timeout with 12 seconds left. Yeah, that was weird smarter. too. But go for two. Like, yeah. you, what would your, your thought process is, you know what? We're going to take our chance and get to overtime. And, and man, we're going to be able to beat an offense that we haven't been able to stop all 
all game with, with a with a walk on quarterback who's never played uh, took a, never never thrown a pass before uh, before the fourth the final two drives of this game. We, we're we're going to go for that instead of you know just maybe giving the ball to Thomas for one shot from the three to potentially win the game. Yeah, and then, that you, was... don't use, then you know, and you don't use your timeouts, and then you don't let them score to get yeah. the ball back with more time. So that was tough way to end a a year that finished up on such a positive note for them. Yeah, and that's you, and that's with you giving out Ohio State. I know you're just, you're just being a fan. I know. Well, I'm a little bitter that they didn't allow him to score that way. <laughs> but, but I, I will say this: yeah, with the one one by seven. But I, I once they once Ohio State took that seven point lead yeah. uh, inside, I was I was smiling. I'm like, there's no shot in hell that Utah's <laughs> going down the field with this kid at quarterback scoring. And they did. It was. I will say this. I, you could say, yeah, I could have drove up those plays with a running back playing defensive back. But if you want to know why, I think he's the best play caller in the sport. Look at that tape. and just <laughs> You want to talk about taking advantage of an advantage? That's what they did. And they fed in Jigba like there was no tomorrow. And that's why I love Ryan Day as a play caller. Like, all right, you know where it's going. Go get him. So uh, it's. It, it was it was amazing to watch. That second quarter sequence was incredible. And um, yeah, we got, oh, I do want to say I am, people are talking about, oh, why is the game in Indianapolis, blah, blah, blah. Indianapolis is my favorite NFL stadium. It It's a gorgeous venue. Uh, if you haven't been there and you're going to the game, you'll love it. The, the acoustics, the view, everything about it, I just, I think it's awesome uh, in the way that stadium was built. So I'm fired up. Uh, for the game to be there and um, looking forward to it. Uh, Hoping to see everybody uh, like old times and the old game day traveling uh, deals. So um, if you don't have anything else, bear, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Big Mike, happy recap, big Mike, happy recap. I I'm taking Bama and I'm also giving out the Falcons. So do what you want. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm laying the three with, with, with Georgia and, yeah, I'm, I, I might give give you a little lean towards the Raiders on uh, Raiders plus three on Sunday night as well. All right, obviously three. If you run Bama and me, I think it's worth it to buy a three and a half. I do think it's going to be a field goal game. Uh, okay. I think I think these teams will be that fired up that as they should be. If you're if you need something extra to get fired up for this one, if you're one of those uniforms, you got to go get checked because. You're not going to need nothing when no. when those two fan bases come into that stadium. It, it, it'll be spectacular. So you travel safe. Uh, I'll see you Sunday. See you Sunday. I'll be getting in late probably after midnight on uh, Saturday into Sunday morning by the time we right. uh, get rolling after that game. All things looking forward to arriving early Sunday morning and getting this, getting this shindig started. So Definitely. safe travels, my friend. Good I course. will see you sooner than later. Take us away. Unless you bet, the more you lose when you win. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.